All right, like we said, welcome to Forge and welcome to the new series called Wisdom. Uh, the first week of the new series, so glad everyone could be here. Um, in this series, we're going to be discussing and looking at what wisdom is and wisdom in the Bible. But uh, first, here's just a small example of what wisdom doesn't look like. Anyone here familiar with Solomon's shoes? Um, all right, yeah, like three people. Cool. Well, they're like $150 pair of shoes, okay? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the first unwise thing might be to buy a three-star $150 pair of shoes. I don't know. That, that might be the first unwise thing. But second, if you see them online, brand new for $20, right? You, it, something might start clicking that, like, this doesn't really seem right. Maybe this is a scam, you know. Let's maybe not do that. Well, that's not what my dad thought. My dad thought, wow, what a great deal. Um, uh, here, take my credit card information. Social security, no, firstborn child, no. But he gave him, the, he gave him his credit card. And uh, unsurprisingly, as you probably guessed, he did not receive a pair of Solomon sneakers in the mail for that $20. And to be honest, he is lucky that they didn't use his card for anything else. So, speaking of Solomon, that's what we're going to be talking about. King Solomon. How about that transition? How about that segue? Pretty good, right? Thank you, thank you. I was trying to, I was trying to make that smooth, and it just wasn't going to happen. Uh, so, yeah, I, I want to talk about King Solomon, and we'll get into who that is. Um, but I'd like to talk about who King Solomon was, why we need to be familiar with him, specifically in the Wisdom series. And we, I want to take a look some of his best moments and his worst moments, and lastly, how we need to be like Solomon. Um, so who is Solomon? If you've been here for a number of months, you might remember uh, we did a series called Like David, um, where there's King David, and he's a, a man in the Bible who, who is a very godly man, and we wanted to see how we could be like him. Well, Solomon was David's son, his second-born son, and eventually took his throne, became king, as sons tend to do. Um, and Solomon was the wisest man, wisest, most wise, wisest? I, I'm not the most wise, or what? He was the wisest, um, and he was also the richest. So we're going to take a look at how he got that way in 1 Kings chapter 3. You can turn there, or we're going to have it on the screen. Before we do, let's pray. Dear God, thanks so much for another day, uh, for the rain you gave us, for the sunshine you gave us. Thanks for letting us come here and, and just praise you, learn about you, talk about you, and just spend time with other believers. I pray that we grow in, in you grow to know you more, grow to be more like you, and grow better relationships with each other. But uh, let me speak what you want spoken. Give us wisdom. Give us understanding. Amen. So this passage is a little bit long, and uh, I'm, because of that, I'm going to break it up. I'm going to read a little bit then just say a few things about it. Then I'm going to read a little bit, and so just be ready for that. 
All right, so 1 Kings 3, starting at chapter 5. Here we go. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And God said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. So here, um, I know it's a dream, but it's not a dream like we have. It's not like, oh, this didn't, you know, wake up. Oh, this didn't actually happen. No, this is how God revealed himself to Solomon. It's how he spoke with Solomon. It was in a dream. It wasn't a dream. God spoke through a dream. Um, So keep that in mind. Solomon answered, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Um, I love this. Maybe you didn't catch it, but I love the respect and the praise that we see. So God was asking him, what do you want from me? Ask what you want from me. And what was, what was Solomon's immediate reaction? Was it, oh, give me this, give me, give me, give me. No, 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 no. It was, it was reflection on God's goodness. It was praising God for what he has done for his father and essentially what he's doing for himself. His immediate response was praise. Now, Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father, David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? It says here, Solomon says, but I am only a little child. Um, Solomon was 12 years old when he inherited the throne. Like, he couldn't even go see a PG-13 movie if there were movies back then. Uh, like, th- it, was no, it was no exaggeration that he was a kid. Like, he was a child. This man was not a man. He was a boy. So I just want to think about that as we're thinking about his request and who he was. Um, so obviously, this is where Solomon asked for wisdom. Uh, but I think what specifically about it is he asked for wisdom, he asked for discernment to serve and to, to serve God's people, to honor God with his service or with his wisdom it wasn't like oh i want wisdom for business to to be really successful no no no. he wanted wisdom to serve the role that god put him in solomon understood that the task he was given was was too big that he was incapable to do it on his own wisdom with his own discernment at 12 years old I don't even think 12-year-olds are allowed to work in the United States, let alone be king. So moving on to verse 10. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, Since you have asked for this, and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment and administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart, so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. So we see God's response to Solomon, that, that God wasn't just like acting as a genie 
in, in this case. It's not like God showed up in this dream and was like, what do you want? Whatever you want is yours. We see that that's not the case because we see that God answered his request because of what his request was. Because he asked for wisdom. Because he asked for discernment. God was pleased to gift that to him. His request pleased the Lord. If Solomon would have asked for riches and women and other things to like fulfill his desires, there's no saying that God would have given that to him. Again, this wasn't like, ask for me whatever you want and it's yours. But because it pleased the Lord, God was happy to give it to him. But then listen to this in verse 13. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon awoke and he realized it had been a dream. So even though Solomon wasn't selfish in his request, God wanted to give him so much more than what Solomon actually asked for. He wanted to give him riches so that in his lifetime there wouldn't be anybody like him. Wanted to give him the wisdom that he asked for. And uh, I, I looked it up. Obviously, this is an estimation. Um, but I was curious how much Solomon's net worth would be today, like in today's time, if... Um, you know, if he, if he had the money then as he does now. And um, the number that came up was $3 trillion, which is a, that's a lot of money. And I was curious, I was like, how much does Bezos have, right? Richest guy in the world, him and Elon going back and forth a little bit. But like, how much does he have? And I wanted to put it in a, in a chart to be able to see the difference here. Oh. Oh. I don't think I have the chart. Wow, that is so sad. I'm so sorry, guys. All right, well, let me, I'll, I'll draw you the chart because I, I can remember it pretty good. So, I really wanted to show you guys that chart. I'm so sorry. Show us the chart. All right, the draw chart. Here's the chart. Buddy. So, it was about like that. This being Bezos and this being King Solomon. And, and we think of... Jeff Bezos, we think of Elon Musk, we think of those rich people as just having this absurd amount of money. But when you compare it to what King Solomon had, it's just a small fraction. Um, so we're not going to get into the wealth any more than that. But it's also notable, like think about how many wives might be a lot of wives to have. Like if you're like, wow, that would probably be a lot. Well, Solomon had 700 wives, and alongside of that, 300 concubines. A thousand wives and concubines, like, like, it's absurd. And you might think, you might think, like, wow, doesn't that sound like, like a really bad idea? Well, actually, you'd be totally correct on that, and we'll talk about that later. Um, so I know that's a lot of information. Just covered a lot there with, with his wisdom and his wealth. Uh, so thanks for hanging in there. Um, but I think it's so important to get that background information for this series because we're, we're going to be talking about Solomon's work a lot. 
Um, Solomon, being the, the wisest person to ever live, he also wanted to bestow a lot of that wisdom on us, specifically on young people, um, but really for everybody that was willing to accept it. And um, so we're going to be looking. They're called Proverbs, by the way, which are wise sayings. And we're going to be looking at quite a few of those over the next few weeks in this series. And I, I just wanted to introduce you guys to Solomon, to the guy that gave us a lot of the wisdom that we're going to be learning about. Um, so I wanted, to, I wanted to talk about what's probably Solomon's most notable moment of wisdom. Uh, and if you continue right on to 1 Kings 3.16, you'll come across this famous wise ruling. I'm not going to read it word for word. You can later if you'd like, uh, but I'm kind of just going to paraphrase it here. Uh, so, two prostitutes arrived before King Solomon, and the one explained that they, they had both had babies, and um, the, the one lady said, and in the middle of the night, that lady over there rolled onto her baby and killed it, and in the middle of the night, swapped out the two babies. So, now the mothers, again, this is just the telling of the one lady. We don't, we have no prior knowledge on who's telling the truth here. But it's just the story of the one prostitute. And um, she said that she woke up to, to find this dead baby with her and thought it was her own until the sun came up and gave light to see that the baby she was holding was not indeed her own. And then the other woman she had a chance to speak, and she said, no, your child is dead, mine is alive. And this kind of bickering went back and forth a little bit, um, at which point Solomon gave a brief recap of the event. He says, this one says, my son is alive, and your son is dead, while that one says, no, your son is dead, and mine is alive. And then he orders for a sword to be brought to him. As he calls for a sword to be brought to him while he's judging this case, I have to imagine that there was a palpable silence and a palpable tension that came with that. Because a sword means, I think, a lot different of a thing today than what it did then. This was a tool of destruction, a tool of killing. This was a piece of war, really. I mean, can you imagine you're, you're in a court trial and you give your case, the other people give their case, and the judge says, okay, this is what's happening, bring me my rifle. And somebody goes out to the judge's car and brings a rifle. Like, what do you think is going to happen? I imagine that there's just this tension and this fear And Solomon says, cut the baby in two and give half to one and half to the other. At which point, the first lady to talk said, no, give the child to her. And the second said, no, cut the baby in half. If you don't get him, none of us will. Or if I can't have him, 
neither of us will. Solomon stops them and has the baby given, obviously, to the first woman, the woman that cared, the woman who came to to find out was the true mom. So what can we learn from this wisdom? Is it that like for every confusion, we should be like, give us a sword, we're chopping in half. No, of course not. That is such a a rare case where that's going to be the answer. But I think we can look at Solomon's approach to the situation and learn from that. I think the thing that we can apply to our lives is noticing how Solomon listened, how he listened actively to both people. Solomon let each woman give their statement and he didn't make a rash decision based on just one side of the story. Once he heard both of them, he even let them argue a little bit and then he restated the situation. And it's interesting because restatement is actually a a common therapeutic approach. If you're talking to a therapist, it's often that, they'll, that you'll say something and they'll restate it. They'll say it again in different words. And this does two things. It, one, allows them to know that you're listening and that you understand their point. And two, if what you reiterate isn't correct, it gives them a chance to, to say, no, actually, that's not what I meant. You misunderstood. What you said isn't what I meant. And I doubt that this was like a common therapeutic approach back then, but it still shows Solomon's active listening to to reiterate both sides of the story. Do you ever listen to just one side? Or maybe not even to that, but uh, I think we're all guilty of taking sides before we actually know what the other side is. Like when our friend comes over and bashes Sally, like, you won't believe what Sally did to me. She did this. She called me this. And like all of a sudden, you know, before they're even done talking, we're like ready to bash Sally. And we probably are. We're probably saying how horrible she is and what she's done to other people. But we never hear from Sally. We don't know what our friend, what other people might have done to her. We never hear her side of the story. And sometimes I don't even think we listen that much. We don't even hear one side of the story. We just choose it. Solomon actually listened. Listened to both sides. Had an understanding of both sides before making a decision. And I think it's important that we do that as well. So although Solomon was very, very wise, again, the wisest, he didn't always make wise decisions. You can have wisdom and act in stupidity. You can have the spiritual gift of wisdom and not use it. You can have something and let it go to waste. And and I'm very guilty of doing that myself. Uh, if I have something that, that I think is valuable, I'll be like, oh, I don't want to use that. I don't, I don't want to waste this now. So instead, I just hold on to it, and I don't do anything with it until it's too late, and it's broken, or it's deteriorated, or it, it's not worth anything. Wisdom is something so valuable, but you have to take it out of its box. You have to use it. 
not just have it. You have to apply it. Solomon struggled with the same thing that a lot of people struggle with, and that's that he wanted something that he was not supposed to have. Uh, jumping to chapter 11, 1 Kings chapter 11, I'm going to read a passage explaining his struggle with that. And uh, excuse me as I probably mess up a lot of these names, um, but we're just going to roll through it. Now, King Solomon loved many foreign women, along with the daughter of Pharaoh, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian, and Hittite woman, from the nations concerning which the Lord has said to the people of Israel, you shall not enter into marriage with them, neither shall they with you, for surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clung to these in love. He had 700 wives who were princesses and 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. For when Solomon was old, his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not wholly true to the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. Solomon was so wise Yet he ignored the instruction of the Lord. God said not to marry these women. It was something that Solomon knew. He didn't even have to rely on wisdom to, to do these things, to not marry these women, because God had already said not to. Solomon knew he wasn't supposed to, knew it, was, it would be against the Lord and what the Lord wanted for him, yet he did it anyway. Let me clarify something, though, because I think you could read this and think, oh, you're not supposed to intermarry between uh, different cultures. My wife's Asian, in case nobody noticed that. Um, that's, that's not what it's saying here. The problem isn't marrying between different areas, but the problem is marrying and, and being pulled away from the Lord through that, being pulled to the gods of that area pulled to anything other than the Lord. There are other times in the Bible where it shows intermarriage in a good way. Um, but he, it's what God said would happen if they were to intermarry between these groups. It, like, he spelled it out. There was no question it's ex and, and that's exactly what happened, exactly what God said would happen. Solomon was pulled away from the God to the small g gods of, the, of, of his wives. And either he didn't care or he thought that he knew more than what God did. And if you think you know more than what God does, if you think that you have more wisdom than God, then what you have isn't wisdom. What you have is a delusion. Because wisdom is given by God. Whatever wisdom you have isn't from yourself, but it's from the Lord. Wisdom is His. So what do we have to do? Well, what does Solomon do? 
He asked for wisdom. And, and we need to do the same thing. And uh, maybe you're thinking like, oh, but God didn't appear to me in a dream asking what I want. Well, he didn't have to. We have his word. And we are called to ask for wisdom. We, we can ask for wisdom. James 1, 5 and 6 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. We have an open invitation to ask God for wisdom. He wants to give it to us. Just like he had so much joy in giving Solomon what he asked for, giving Solomon wisdom when he asked for it, God wants to give us wisdom. And we're allowed to ask. We should ask. In just a minute, as a as a whole group, we're gonna we're gonna pray for that, um, and then we'll split up into small groups of three or four. I have a few discussion questions. Number one is, who do you turn to in your life when you need wisdom? And the second is, what area of life specifically do you need more wisdom in? And then my challenge. For really the whole month, we're pretty early May, it'll take us into a little bit of June, is to read one chapter of Proverbs every day. They're not very long. There's a whole month worth of them. Um, So I I think it'd be great if we all read that together over the next few weeks as we're learning about wisdom, trying to gain wisdom, to just put our heads down as a group and, and learn wisdom from Solomon. Um, so before we split up and before I even close, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let it quiet for a moment. Uh, just so that we can all pray for wisdom, so that we can all pray for discernment and to use it how the Lord wants us to use it. Um, and before we do that though, before you do that, I think it's appropriate like Solomon to praise God first. In, in your time of prayer, to thank God for what he's already given you before you ask for something else. So, I'm going to let it quiet. And let's just all praise God and ask him for wisdom. And then I'll close and then we can get in small groups. <laughs>